On this week's episode of the Nesson Soccer Podcast, we break down the biggest and best Premier League transfer news, all the transfer rumors, and also look at Weston McKinney's move to Juventus. Hello and welcome to the Nesson Soccer Podcast. I'm Marcus Quasio-Mard, and back with me this week, Mark DiBenedetto. Mark, welcome back. Uh, you were on Good vacation. to be back. You were on vacation last week. Uh, Univision's Luis Omar Tapia sat in for you uh, expertly, I might add. He was so great. Definitely. I want to thank him again publicly. Um, Mark, anything, uh, anything new happened with you while you were gone? Uh, yeah, Marcus. I, I got engaged. Um, and that was fun, you know, once in a lifetime experience, hopefully, and yep. uh, I'm sure it will be, <laughs> but uh, yeah, very special, and uh, it, it was an exciting, exciting week for me, and I also really enjoyed your podcast um, and how you guys broke down uh, the messy rumors to date last week, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to uh, upstage your big day, but I know I teased it few days early said something big was coming uh yeah. and you one up to me so uh, <laughs> classic uh congratulations to you and uh you Thank you. Me, wishing you guys a uh, lifetime of love and happiness um wow thank you you're very welcome uh yes you missed the uh champions league final recap and uh yeah Lionel messi's bombshell it is the most significant transfer rumor um certainly that i've covered in uh it almost be nine years at nesson uh, i'm two days shy of that uh, right my uh nesson birthday but this is this is the big one it's like all the training and the uh sifting through rumors <laughs> day in day out has led up to this so do you think it's bigger than ronaldo it is I think it is, but yes. like, how close, yeah. I guess, do you think Ronaldo's transfer is to Messi if he were to transfer away? Um, I would say it's bigger because it's more uh, – the thought of Ronaldo leaving Real Madrid was, um, you know, it's something that, sure, it could have happened. Uh, we could have imagined it happening. Yeah. Uh, I would never imagine Messi leaving Barcelona before um, – you know, before he's ready to return to Argentina and play a season at Newell's Old Boys. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this is uh, this is the bombshell of all bombshells, and uh, I thought it was a good segue into this week's topic, which is transfer season. Uh, it's it's a great segue and uh, a, a very exciting transfer window, obviously. But sorry to cut you off. Yeah, the, um, you know, as we know, this season is like no other due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, the transfer window, instead of being open uh, from July 1 through the end of August, is now open, at least in, uh, in England, open from, uh, for 10 weeks from July 27th until uh, October. Jeez, I don't have the date here. 10 weeks fourth. from July 27th. Uh, I think it's the 4th. Uh, yeah, so um, there's still about another month left in it, and uh, it's it's really odd timing. Um, certainly, 
uh, as far as our podcasts go, because we're in one of these periods where things can change uh, in a matter of days, uh, in a matter of hours. And, you know, there's so much smoke in the air. Rumors are flying left and right. And it's hard to, uh, it's hard to really know exactly what is happening until it happens, but we'll try our best today to sit through this and sort it out for our listeners. Yeah, I think um, every transfer window, especially the summer, is just hectic, and the soccer world is constantly spinning and new stories and new big players. But I do feel for uh, maybe like the last decade, there was a bit of consistency. At least you had Messi and Ronaldo being the two best players, and that never really changed. Their teams didn't change all that much. Um, And, like, I want to say that, like, Ronaldo leaving Real Madrid, going to Juventus, sparking that, I think it was, like, this catalyst of, like, ever since then, I think the soccer world has been crazy. Coronavirus obviously made it crazier. But um, it's just – I feel like we're at, like, this big time of change in the soccer world. And there will be kind of a settling at some point. And, but, you know, not, not just now. Right now we're in the midst of a lot more change going on. Yeah, yeah you're probably right. The, um, I don't think this thing is going to be settled, at least in terms of the way the market plays out for, uh, I would say, at least a year. Because mm-hmm. teams really aren't sure – and it's crazy to say this because the season's going to be starting in about a week's time. Uh, they're not sure what their budgets are going to be. Uh, right. They don't know if fans are going to be in the stadium. Some teams can make uh, five million in gate receipts. Uh, you know, they're just it, it is just so many unknowns. But that being said, there still are moves happening. Teams still are making money. Players still are changing teams. Um, Chelsea's one of those. Yes, of course. Uh, You know, I would say to sum up the window so far, there hasn't been, you know, this big bang that is going to change the balance of power. Uh, But I think there will be. And, you know, whether that's messy. um, And I think, you know, now might be a good time to get into it because things have really changed uh, or they seem to have changed since last week's show. Uh, last week, Lionel Messi had one foot out the door. Uh, yesterday, Wednesday, September the 2nd, his father and agent, Jorge Messi, met with Barcelona president, Josep Maria Bartomeu. And uh, he came out today and told a uh, Spanish television station that Messi is considering staying. So uh, it all boils down to the clause of his contract, whether it actually expired on June 10th Uh, or it expired at the end of the season. Barcelona seems to think that they have the stronger case, and they're saying, Messi, we want you. They reportedly offered him another two-year contract. Um, And Messi's father just this morning, uh, well, this morning our time, but in the afternoon, said uh, his son is considering staying in Spain. And uh, today, September 3rd, reportedly is going to be a definitive day in his future. So, we're sitting and waiting, um, but I think instead of focusing on Messi, which we could for yet another week, 
Uh, we should move on to the deals that have been done because some teams are moving and shaking. Chief yeah, Monday. especially in the Premier League, uh, it seems to be the most action, yeah. which is a, no surprise, really. But That's where um, the most money is. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people want to jump to Manchester City, where they had the most Lionel Messi ties rumors. But I think, and we talked about it yesterday, Marcus, but Chelsea is making a lot of moves and kind of doing the most work, it looks to me. Um, they got Tiago Silva on a free transfer. He's 35 years old, but um, I think among some other players, uh, Timo Werner is a huge ad for Chelsea um, and was uh, a big reason of RB Leipzig, you know, having the success that they had and to come to the Premier League now and team up with Chelsea, uh, I think kind of brings them up another level and you know they're obviously trying to compete with man city and liverpool and challenge for the uh premier league title and you know with the very talented roster that they already had that was seemingly starting to come together a little bit more in the latter stages of the 2019-20 season um you know i mean they're the most one of the maybe the most interesting premier league team as far as challengers for the cup yeah certainly um you know if you want to name a winner of the transfer window uh and i would say this is probably for all of europe uh i'm gonna say chelsea um they shored up their defense possibly with uh tiago silva coming on a free transfer they signed ben chilwell at uh from leicester city for 45 million British pounds. Uh, they signed Werner, as you mentioned. Hakim Zayich comes from Ajax. He uh, is a 33.4 million pound signing. And uh, Malang Sar, they signed for free, but they're going to loan him out. Are you ready for the big one, Mark? Let's hear it. <laughs> Just this morning, Chelsea and Bayer Leverkusen reportedly agreed for the sale of Kai Havertz. Ah, I was seeing, I thought, I saw that very briefly. Yeah. Uh, the details? Yes, Kai Havertz is going to be a uh, Chelsea's record signing. Uh, let me just bring it up. I want to say 89 million British pounds. Uh, he is supposed to be a boss of a uh, central midfielder. He can also play uh, out wide in a, as an attacking player, but mm -hmm. he is... Um, arguably Germany's next great hope. Uh, I saw him compared to uh, Michael Ballack or a Tony Kroos. Oh, uh, you know these are two legends of uh, of German soccer, and you know all this really. What this means is that, as we've known. Chelsea means business. Uh, sorry, I have the details here. 80 million euros plus 20 million in add-ons. Um, and it's looking like 89 million British pounds that it's going to come to. According to Sky Germany, um, Havertz right now is with the Germany squad for their Nations League games against Spain and Switzerland. But he will not return to Leverkusen, it looks like. And it looks like he's going to join uh, Chelsea's new brigade. Um, 
you know, so even yesterday I said Chelsea were the winners of the uh, transfer window. This is going to, uh, this, this is, you know, they're, they're a lock for that title, whatever it's worth. Uh, um, it's, it's, I am so excited to watch Chelsea this upcoming season. And it's not just because of my U.S. men's national team bias. If anything, I'm a little frightened about Christian Pulisic's playing time with these additions. But at the end of the day, the Premier League squads and a squad like Chelsea is going to play so many games over the course of the season that ultimately everybody will get at least, you know, a significant chunk of playing time. Um, but it's, it'll be very interesting just to see how they put it all together with, I mean, they're bringing in uh, two, three new midfielders to go along with N'Golo Conte and Christian Pulisic and whoever else you want to name from the Chelsea roster. Um, they're going to be very exciting. And, uh, with the way Liverpool looked at the end of this, uh, you know, in the post-coronavirus and even slightly before, they seem to be taking a step back um, from their sort of world domination. So I think we're going to be looking at a very competitive Premier League, or at least I hope. Yeah, um, the Premier League for the last, uh, I'd say, at least two seasons has been a two-horse race, Liverpool mm -hmm. and Man City. Um, Liverpool reigning champions, City the defending champions before them. Chelsea finished 33 points behind Liverpool, 15 points behind Manchester City. Uh, I think they were in fourth place, Chelsea. How much ground are they going to make up? Uh, you know, that'll be one of the, one of the stories of the season. Um, one thing Chelsea has not done, which makes it very difficult to answer this question, they have not upgraded at uh, goalkeeper. Um, mm. Their goalkeeper, Kepa, I'm not even going to pronounce his last name because uh, <laughs> I will just butcher it. Uh, you know, Keppa, Coach Coach Keppa, let's yeah. call it, uh, because he picks himself. He, it looked like Chelsea were trying to sell him anywhere and everywhere to raise funds this summer. But I think he's decided, or I read uh, just yesterday, he's decided to stay and fight for his place. Um, you know, he certainly looked like a liability at times last season. Uh, will all these signings in front of him be good enough to make up that 33-point gap on Liverpool? Probably not. Uh, make up that 15-point gap on City? Maybe. Well, it's the making. It's a, it's a, the makings of a a start of maybe like a two-year journey to challenge to to really be challenging for uh, the Premier League title. Um, that obviously to jump from where Chelsea finished to, you know, leapfrogging Liverpool would be a pretty massive improvement and probably would, like I said, have a lot to do with, or as much to do with Liverpool stepping back as Chelsea stepping forward. So I don't expect it to necessarily happen this year, but I expect them to be extremely fun to watch this year and kind of a great team to be, um, keeping up with and following over the next couple of years as they kind of grow. Cause all these players are pretty young. I mean, with the exception of Tiago Silva, um, young and talented roster, uh, a lot, a lot to be excited about. Um, and uh, yeah, but you know, we've spent a lot of time on Chelsea already, Marcus. Uh, yeah. Um, just last thing to note about Chelsea. They're spending all this money 
because of the transfer ban. Uh, they were banned. Right. I think it was a, they had a two year ban that was reduced to one. So they sat on all of uh, last summer's money, rolled it into this summer and look what they're doing with it. But of course, titles are not won on paper. You don't win anything in the transfer market. I'm going to say this team is still too young. Frank Lampard, the coach, too unproven. And uh, it will remain a two-horse race in the Premier League. Or if there is a third team, it will not be Chelsea. Mm -hmm. um, Moving on yeah. to the real horses. Manchester City. Manchester City, they, were, uh, they finished 18 points behind Liverpool. And, you know, talk about a dud of a title defense. Um, Manchester City really failed to replace Vincent Company. They uh, struggled with their defending. They lost to teams they shouldn't have lost. So what have they gone out and done? They signed Nathan Ake from Bournemouth for $40 million. Uh, signed a winger, Ferran Torres from Valencia. He's a young Spanish hotshot uh, to replace the departing Leroy Sané. They also lost David Silva, which could, um, you know, which could cause problems because he was so influential uh, and so important to how they play. And, just a stabilizing force in their dressing room. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting, but uh, the odds makers have Manchester city. This is before they started spending. They were the favorites to win the title uh, at least back in uh, late July, early August. So I don't know. Do you think they can reclaim the title? Um, I, I Ferran Torres is a very interesting signing to me. I don't know if they can claim the title, uh, but Torres is a very young, as you said, young hotshot Spanish attacking midfielder. But, um, you know, this is a guy that has yet to even appear for the Spanish national team. But he's only 20 years old. And it's sort of the situation where maybe Man City is getting this guy at the exact right time. And he can come in and kind of be an attacking lift for Manchester City. Uh, and to kind of maybe get on par with Liverpool's attacking um, prowess. But it's a long climb to catch Liverpool still, obviously. It's just I can't, I, I can't decide with the way the season ended. Um, a lot of people, and we have referenced how Liverpool was not at the top of its game as coronavirus hit. And then in the return – once again, really was not at the top of their game. Um, and is that, was that just a sign of complacency? Was that just a, a sum of all the different moving parts of the world at that time that it just didn't – Liverpool was not a team that reacted well to the coronavirus pandemic? Um, or is, you know, Liverpool actually taking a step back and is actually vulnerable – and I, it's impossible to tell just given the way the season went. Um, so, I don't know. This wasn't even the question you asked me, Marcus. I apologize. But uh, I'll go ahead and answer for answer your answer <laughs> for you. No, Manchester City, they're heading in the wrong direction under Pep Guardiola, unless they sign Lionel Messi. Uh, I well, I don't think that that I don't believe that if you sign Messi. Uh, it'll have that much of a difference <laughs> for Manchester City's actual goal of winning the Premier League title. I don't think that it make that they suddenly are going to win the title. 
You're just because they said, yeah. <laughs> that's 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 nuts. I don't. Uh, he's <laughs> well. The other thing is, what are the chances that they're actually going to sign him? I mean, everybody keeps talking about Manchester City just because they have the apparently that they'd be willing to spend the money to bring in Messi. But I mean, as we've seen, it's not even just about having the money. It's about so much more than that. If he leaves Barcelona, he'll go to Manchester. If he leaves Barcelona this summer, he's going to Manchester city. Um, If he goes to Manchester city, they win period. Let us move on though. Um, Are you expecting anything? Uh, Significant from Arsenal. They've been uh, locked out of the top four for a few years now. They signed uh, Gabriel Mag- Magales, Willian. Uh, their loans for Cedric and Pablo Marie became permanent. Looks like they've shored things up at the back, added a little experience and creativity in the midfield. Is that enough to get to the top four? Probably not. But Arsenal will do what Arsenal does and remain relevant through um, every other type of trophy that England offers, uh, be it the Community Shield, which they've already won. They won two trophies in August. They won the Community Shield and they won the FA Cup. Um, to even make it to the FA Cup final, they beat Manchester City 2 to nothing. That was an extremely surprising result. Then to beat Chelsea 2-1, to one, it's just what Arsenal does. And I think that these players kind of represent, you know, uh, that the Arsenal that will they'll, they'll improve because what they, they finished really low in in um, 2019-20 they were yeah. eighth um, 10 points out of the top four I think they'll be closer than that but uh, I don't think that they'll crack the top four but at the same time they'll be making plenty of noise uh, in Europa League in FA Cup in um, whatever other cups they got going on over there uh, and that's that's what Arsenal does, in my opinion. Uh, sorry to break it to you, Marcus. Yeah, well, don't worry. You're not telling me I haven't lived through anything I haven't <laughs> lived through for the last uh, half decade or so. Um, Man United, they signed Donny Van de Beek, 35 million uh, pound midfielder out of Ajax. Not quite sure where he's going to play. Uh, he's been a uh, more of an attacking number eight style, number 10, um, getting forward. But Bruno Fernandes seems to be the man in that position for uh, Manchester United. Um, do they have to do more to uh, make it a four-horse title race? I Yes, I think definitely. Um, Man United had to kind of scramble a bit to get into the top four at the end of the year and hold off Leicester City. Um, and... You know, Manchester United, I don't know how it really became this way, but, you know, they they haven't been not just results-based, but just I think even in a program-based and franchise-based, Manchester United hasn't been the top team in England for like uh, a decade, even though they believe they've won in that time. Seven years. Yeah, but even with those titles, it's like they aren't the best-run club. They aren't the most attractive club for players around the world to go to. Um, And it's it's crazy to think that that's the case for Manchester United. You you might have thought that that would never be the case, you know, at the at the turn of the century, let's say. 
but uh, you know that's the situation they're in, and they they have a lot more work to do. I, they're going to be right there. I think they'll be top four, but they're not going to challenge for the title. Um, yeah, they they still have to sort out their defense uh, as they've been trying to do for the last six years or so. Um, they might need to change goalkeepers. David Tahea is not. Uh, it's not filling anybody with confidence these days. Dean Henderson is coming back from uh, Sheffield Wednesday where he stood out on loan, signed a new contract, but playing for Manchester United is a different animal. I'm counting them out of title contention. Um, I still think they need another top-line striker. Uh, not quite there yet, but the midfield doesn't look half bad. Liverpool, speaking of title contention. Liverpool. Liverpool. They've been quiet. They bought Constantino Simicas, an 11.7 million pound signing. Uh, he's supposed to be a backup, left back for Andy Robertson, um, you know, to provide competition and cover. But the big story that, uh, you know, th that they're talking about at Liverpool is Thiago Alcantara. Uh, I've written about this. Is he coming? Is he not coming? Um, Liverpool officially has not bid for him. Uh, Bayern Munich is willing to sell him for roughly $30 million. Uh, Liverpool doesn't want to pay that much, but they could raise funds by selling Gini Wijnaldum to uh, Barcelona. He's Ronald Koeman's top pick. I'm not quite sure if, uh, you know, I'm not sold on that being necessarily an upgrade because of, the uh, the physical intensity required of Jurgen Klopp's midfield. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, his midfielders aren't necessarily playmakers. So unless they're planning on changing the whole pattern of play where the chances are coming through the middle as opposed to out wide or their uh, front three, um, it's tough to see how Tiago would be an upgrade uh, despite everything he's won. And I know he played for Bayern. He pressed at Bayern, but uh, he, he doesn't seem to be that robust type of midfielder that Jurgen Klopp likes. Yeah, I think um, Liverpool is doing just some tinkering and, uh, you know, shoring up, like backup left backs and things of that nature. But, I mean, you look at their roster, Virgil van Dijk, 29, Sadio Mane, 28, Mohamed Salah, 28, Trent Alexander-Arnold is a young star. But uh, they should be completely fine, I think, going into this coming campaign to maintain their, you know, place atop England, certainly, and then definitely, I think, challenge for the Champions League title um, and have as good of a chance as anybody. But we talked about it on our last podcast two weeks ago, Marcus, how Barcelona, after their 2015 treble, uh, let things slip and did not do enough to bring in young, fresh talent to support the older players as they aged into their early 30s. And it can happen so quickly. So I think Liverpool is okay right now to do tinkering, but... I think as early as the January transfer window, if there's any opportunities there, but then certainly next summer to really start making changes again 
um, and you know maybe cut away from a player like Mo Salah when he still has a year of a really high level if it means bringing in young fresh talent that you can then that Jurgen Klopp can continue to uh, you know mold and, and bring into the Liverpool way as he has done as he did with his current roster right now um, so it's it's just like right before the time to to adjust and if you I think if we see Liverpool not adjusting um, in a year from now, that that will be a red flag. Right now, I think everything's fine. Yeah, as hard as it is as it is to reach the top, it's so much harder to stay on top. Yeah, uh, because you know you have the whole league gunning for you, and also uh, complacency sets in. Things can get a little stale, and I think Barcelona's. Um, Maybe a good example for how if you let things stay stale for too long, uh, instead of transitioning over two to four years, you know, you're going to have to end up trying to blow the whole thing up, which can cause, uh, you know, a decade's worth of problems. So uh, it'll be interesting to watch, um, you know, what Liverpool does to, uh, to, to keep their throne because... Everybody else is coming, particularly Chelsea. Uh, Mark, is there anyone else in the Premier League? Uh, are there any other moves? There's only one that I can think of that might really shake things up. Um, I, I know you – I have nobody. I know you want to mention him. Uh, I think it's unfortunately uh, – as sad it is, as it is, won't make any difference in where he's going, but go for it. This is James Rodriguez. Uh World Cup 2014 superstar, Copa America superstar. What a time. <laughs> At club level, it, for some reason, it just doesn't um, click. Yeah, it's, you know, he's capable of reaching heights here and there, but he never sustains them. Um, one of the most interesting players in that regard uh, for me over the last few years is that. Um, you know, he has so much talent and he shows it and he plays with such passion for Colombia. Uh, but at Real Madrid, it didn't really work out for him, except for uh, that one time when Carlo Ancelotti was his manager. Hmm. Who's his manager at Everton? Carlo is it Ancelotti? Ancelotti? Oh. Yes, it is, yeah. So, uh, yeah, this could. Um, we'll see. We'll that see. move could be interesting because there is a real, he is really a talented player. Uh, and I just think some, most coaches haven't been able to reach him on a day-to-day, week-to-week level, uh, right. except for Ancelotti. So Everton yeah. finished 12th last season. I think Hamas is going to bring them up into the top half. I think uh, getting a spot in Europe through the league is probably too much for him because there's not enough talent surrounding him. Right. Uh, and that's that means no difference. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's, that's kind of Hamas in a in a in a nutshell. Um, uh-huh. When he's when he's playing, you know, when he's feeling the love, he can be one of the best players in the world. When he's not, he's not. So, yeah. Um, well, Marcus, we're running short on time, but yes. I think we should just very quickly hit Juventus because they've had as big of an off season as anybody. Uh, they have hired Pirlo as their new manager. Gonzalo Higuain is out. I think 
there could be a lot of people that are happy about that. Um, and of course, uh, you know, the biggest signing in all of Europe, this, this transfer window is Weston McKinney, uh, <laughs> joining Juventus. Uh, there was a great picture of McKinney at his first training, you know, cutting past a cone with Pirlo right, you know, five feet behind him watching intently. And, uh, I got, I got very excited, Marcus. Yeah. Uh, I can picture you, uh, down on one knee and then, uh, <laughs> When the McKinney news breaks, you uh, your phone rings, you check it, and then you run away doing a goal <laughs> celebration uh, and spoil your engagement. But that didn't happen. No, no, thank God. <laughs> no. McKinney didn't. It wasn't official until a couple of days later, so it didn't have to ruin the engagement. Uh, it's a big bet that McKinney has made on himself um, as a uh, U.S. soccer fan. One of the most exciting transfers in history because he is going to a top, top team. And I don't remember the last time an American player was at a team that is uh, targeted, uh, you know, capable of winning its domestic league and perhaps its Champions League. Uh, uh, perhaps Every Champions year. League. Every uh, year, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a big bet on McKenney. He's only about 21, 22 years old. If it doesn't work out for him, there's many other clubs and there's right. many other uh, opportunities out there, but uh, I think he has what it takes to make it. He's shown that he can adapt, um, that he can adjust, and he's a good player. Uh, yeah. That's, that's all I can say. So I'm really excited for him. Best of luck. I think uh, what's really exciting is it's obviously a lot of unknown because what's going to happen is whenever McKenney does get in the game, and, you know, he's not going to be starting every week and, you know, starting the Champions League semifinal or something like that. I mean, maybe, if, but, you know, he'll play a lot. Um, and I think we'll see him off the bench a good amount. But whenever he does get in the game, 90% of the time, 100% of the time, he'll be playing with the best players that he's ever played with in a team setting. Um, and, you know, we don't know really uh how how well his game is going to transfer into that situation i and i don't say that negatively i i say that with an excited um i'm very excited to see how his game meshes with cristiano ronaldo and uh everybody else on juventus so very exciting um we had a couple more we wanted to get to but we're kind of running out of time they aren't as big of a deal as juventus that's for sure um so, uh, Marcus, this was fun. I was excited to be back. Next week we got another uh, a big interview. We don't want to spoil it just yet, but be sure to tune in next week for uh, uh, another episode of the Nest and Soccer podcast. And, you know, if you haven't already, follow along with the Nest and Soccer podcast on iTunes and Spotify and at nesson.com slash podcast where you can find every uh, podcast in the Nesson Podcast Network. Um, Marcus, you got anything else? Uh, no, it's good to have you back. Congrats on your engagement. Thanks, Marcus. Uh, I will. I will talk to you very soon.